Audio. This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I am sitting in my home with a singer, a songwriter, a video gamer, and all-around awesome person, Seth Boyer. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for being here and doing this. Thanks. It's 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 good. It's LA's good. <laughs> LA's <laughs> it's good. good. It's good to be in LA. We should just put this out here that you have been touring for how long? Uh, uh, Seventy-two years straight. It, it'll be five months. Five here pretty months. soon. Um, yeah, with 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 my friend and and cohort, uh, Marion Call, um, and we've been rolling since like yeah, beginning to middle of July. Yeah. With you know, I've had a little little bit of time off, but not much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of road time. So, you're, I'm glad you caught me like mid morning because by like by 7 p.m. I'm just dead. You're gonna be gone. Yeah, yeah. but you are uh, an action packed guitar player. That is uh, like you must be burning some calories playing the guitar. Oh, I'm sure it's the only exercise I get. <laughs> Every once in a while, if you get mad at a video game and maybe throw a controller, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah, worth yeah, a few yeah. calories. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you are you're uh, moving. A lot. I mean, there's the energy in the way you play the guitar. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, uh, like, brief, like, story about that. I used to, like, just sit down and, and perform. And, like, when Mary and I first started touring, like, five years ago, uh, like, uh, I, I would, I would like, sit while playing. Yeah. And I find it really, like, kills the energy in a way that, like, was totally subtle until, like, I watched, like, a, like a video of a performance or something. Yeah. Um, and then I thought back to uh, when I was like fourteen or fifteen. I guess I saw BB King live. Oh, and yeah. he was he was already like in his like seventies. I want to say like late seventies maybe. And he comes out on stage and he's standing up and he just like knocks out two songs and you're just like whoa okay yeah this guy can you know he's a legend for a reason okay all right and then he someone like a stagehand brings out this big plush chair and he sits <laughs> down and he tells this story about how like he idolized this like you know his his kind of like blues idol when he was growing up you know who was like then became his mentor later in life was yeah like, was like no you you stand when you're performing you're working like like <laughs> you're you, giving you something to the people yeah you don't sit down you need to yeah. you need to be standing up and he's like i did that for 55 years or whatever and, and now i'm you know i'm what you know 78 79 and so I came out today, and I, you know, I, I played those two songs standing up, and now I'm going to sit in a damn chair. <laughs> <laughs> Huge round of applause yeah, for sitting, know. right? <laughs> no, it was like, you know, no, yeah, okay, you earned it. That's fine. So when I'm like 75, then I'll sit down. Okay, one. that's totally understandable. I, the last time that I uh, had an opportunity to play the drums, uh, I wrote a musical ma- mainly so I could play the drums. Is, I didn't know you were a drummer. Yeah, that's I'm not, awesome. not an amazing one because eh. it's uh, you know one of the many artistic hats I've tried on and said, eh. Uh, but I, so I wrote this so I could play the drums. So it was a musical. So every once in a while the band would pop up and we would play and like everybody mm-hmm. would sit, you know, and tell the song and one song came and we started, it was a really rocking song and the bass player stood up and then he just sat down and I was like, I was drumming away and going like, you asshole, why would you just sit down on your, you know, amp in the middle of it? And it turned out his strap broke. Oh no. But it was like this very funny energy because he popped up and, like, <laughs> and then just like, sit down. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> don't mind me. Uh, all right. So let's get into your obsession. Uh, you are obsessed with motorcycles, you have told me. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Um, <laughs> so we've been doing this tour for, you know, months and months and we're like driving around the country in a Honda Fit. Not a motorcycle. No, it has too too many wheels, um, <laughs> and uh, not the uh, get up and go that I'm used to. The zip. So you yeah. drive a motorcycle. Is it drive or ride? What I is mean, the verb? Ride. Sometimes you, you like slip into you know drive because you're ostensibly okay. on the roads in the in the same capacity as like a car that you would drive. Okay. So like it's it's fine. It's so not you, a, it's not a thing that I nitpick about. Okay, you dried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, uh, no one says dried, but uh, no, yeah. I have uh, my, my kind of main uh, steed, as it were, uh, is uh, is a 2007 uh, Suzuki SV650. Okay, just kind of like a like a it's it's kind of like a sport standard bike. It's it so it's not like one of the it doesn't have fairings on it like the big you know plastics and stuff okay. that look all aerodynamic and sleek like a race bike. It has basically half of that. Okay. So it has a, a little bit up top, you know, and then the uh, like the the back end of it looks like a sport bike and then the front end of it looks more like a cafe racer kind of style. Okay. Um uh, which is its own whole thing like in terms of 
you know, history of, of motorcycling and stuff. But yeah, cafe, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, but uh, it's and it's uh, you know, it's a 650cc V twin, and <laughs> I'm sure this means like very little to you. It's um, it, like it almost tracks, like my brain yeah, gets yeah, yeah, like yeah. halfway through the flow chart of what that means. So and I think, like, so to like put, pistons, to put it, yeah, <laughs> spark plugs. Um, so uh, I, I guess to put it in 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 car terms, like the uh, the I think. The Honda Fit that we're driving around has a 1.2 liter engine. Okay. So, roughly, like it's like the engine of my motorcycle is about half the size of a Honda Fit. Okay. But it has to push an eighth of the weight. Okay. You know? Um, so, it's got some engine despair. Yeah. Um, it, it does zero to 60 in around 3.2 seconds. Nice. Which is, you know, a, like the only production cars that are around that fast that you can get for like under $100,000 are like the Teslas okay. and stuff. It, it's not slow. Yeah. Um, and uh, which, <laughs> uh, that's the thing. If you if you start getting into motorcycling and you like are are messing around in any of the middleweight you know it's, it's it's a middleweight bike is what it's called which is hilarious okay. because it's already faster than most things <laughs> um, but then you know if you get into leader bikes that are a thousand cc's or so um then you're looking at you know 2.7 seconds to get from zero to 60 and top speeds of 190 miles an hour and, and i can like, see a lot of practical uh situations oh, coming yeah. up where you're like i need that extra half a second you know when i'm in seattle on, uh, yeah, yeah yeah I, I i live in seattle and it's the fourth worst traffic in in america because it's this <laughs> tiny little strip of land and everyone wants to drive their damn prius um uh yeah i really need to in that stop and go like five mile an hour traffic that yeah. stretches on for five miles i really need to be able to hit 200 like Real quick. All right. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when did you first fall in love with motorcycles? Were you like a little kid and you saw them and you, you got were captured by the romance? Or were you like a, a teen? When when did it get into you? So that's funny, actually, because I was not like growing up. It was not a thing. Like, I probably liked motorcycles as much as any young boy did. Okay. Which is to say, like, yeah, no, they're cool because they're cool in the same way that like smoking cigarettes is cool <laughs> in okay. a way in a way that you can't like there, there's no logic to it yeah you, know, you, you can't sit there and be like well they're cool because of this yeah there's an element like, of maybe there is something primarily true yeah truly cool about cigarettes and motorcycles and a lot of it is probably conditioning oh yeah well probably right, probably culturally probably culturally ingrained yeah. from you know 50s and 60s era pop culture but yeah. like um but yeah i wasn't like like obsessed with them at all as a kid or even as a teen uh, and then when I was, I want to say I was I was twenty. Okay. Um, I uh, I took the MSF course, which is the Motorcycle Safety Foundation's like course, and there's a kind of a different version of it in some states, but they're, they're in most states. It's like the it, kind of extra driver's ed that you have to take to operate yeah, a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay. Which is um, first of all, if you're if you have any passing interest in like, and even if you even if you don't want to go out and buy a motorcycle and make it like a part of your life, yeah. if you have like any interest in like motorcycling at all or or scootering even like any any two-wheeled like okay. transportation i highly recommend taking the msf course it's like between 150 and 250 bucks it's like two or three days um and it just trains you to be a better driver as well okay like it's it, like about about half of it's in the classroom and it's about like hey here's how to read traffic a little better here's how to like Oh, like look ahead about that person's gonna make a strange move up there. Yeah, here's an opening in case somebody swerves at me. Yeah, are you looking at this person's tires because if they're starting to turn, then they're gonna change lanes without signaling, and you need to be ready for that if you need to slam on your brakes or accelerate and get the hell out of their way. Yeah, Um, like I I took that course and it was it was fantastic. You know, and you start on off on these like nice little like you know 250cc like learner bikes that are still more motorcycle than anyone needs. Um, (laughs) Like they're still extremely fast. It's not like a but. um, like zero to sixty in what, like four seconds? Like I know, a like fucking like turtle. Yeah, what right. what am I in a Honda Civic? <laughs> um, no, uh, but the uh, <laughs> uh, I took that course and then I moved to uh, Northern California. I actually lived in like Humboldt County for around six months. Okay, and uh, hated it. It was it was it was it was miserable. But it was mostly like because I I, don't know, I didn't have a lot of friends there, and I was you know like with a girlfriend at the time, and that wasn't going so hot. And the whole thing was just it was kind of miserable, and um. I had some like I had two back to back really terrible like roommate situations. Oh no! Um, and when you move out of a bad roommate situation into another bad roommate situation, it's very demoralizing. Um, and the uh, the one thing that saved me is like that year I had I'm from Alaska um, and I had still gotten my permanent fund dividend 
from that year, which okay. is the like "Welcome to Alaska." Here's a thousand dollars joke from the Simpsons movie. Okay, um, it's the it's it is the <laughs> it is the money that like residents of Alaska like the payout they get once a year. Uh, um, and, is, and is it really just to live in Alaska because there you are have to difficulties li- there? You have to live there for a couple of years to okay. like establish the residence residency enough to get it. Okay, um, and what it is is it's like it's a slush. It's like a it's like a uh, like a a. a a giant savings account basically that the state of Alaska created based off of the oil boom back in the eighties. Um, and then they take the interest from this giant pot of money and capital that the state owns as its saving account. And they split half of it and it goes towards the state's like, you know, infrastructure projects, budget stuff. And the other half is divvied up among the residents. That's awesome. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And it's the thing that like Scandinavian countries do now. Yeah. Um, uh, and, the except they don't give it to people they put it into incredible you know social welfare programs <laughs> that make their people you know not miserable and have health care and things like that anyway but instead you um, as a good capitalist inst- got yeah, some exactly. alaska money instead i got a couple thousand dollars and you know on a check that sarah palin signed uh, <laughs> you poor man yeah she was governor at the time this was before yeah. she completely lost her mind um and the uh uh, I used that money to buy a 1986 Kawasaki Vulcan 750, which was like a cruiser. It was the first year okay. that, like, first year that uh, Kawasaki released a uh, like a Harley knockoff, basically. Cool. You know, it was a it was ostensibly a Harley Sportster, but it was, you know, made by Kawasaki, and uh, because of that uh, bulletproof, you can still find those late 80s, you know, Kawasaki's with you know 40 50,000 miles on them cool. which is a fair amount for a, a bike. So, yeah, I think I'm understanding your story so far. I totally understand like taking the class, mm-hmm. learning it, and then finding yourself in life positions where you want to be by yourself and moving very fast <laughs> away from bad relationships <laughs> and roommates. That makes sense. Yeah. What was the inciting incident though for you to take that class in the first place? I honestly can't remember. Was it just like I want more options when I am traveling? Do you, was it that you were intrigued by the, like the romance of the open road of the motorcycle? I, I, I really don't know because um, okay. I, I remember taking the course during the summer before I moved to California. So I knew at, at that time that I was going to be moving to a place where I could ride year round. Okay. And I think that was the thing because in, in Alaska, there are people who definitely ride, but yeah. there's four or five months out of the year you can do it. And granted, you have 23 hours of daylight <laughs> during those couple months. You okay. Know? So you can – and some good roads too. So like you can absolutely do it. It's just – it's kind of impractical as like a year-round – Mode of transportation, okay. whereas yeah. down here, that's, of course, like, it's no big deal. You can ride all year, and okay. it's great. Yeah, that makes sense, because, like, so, people make a list of things that they might want to do when they move to California, like get some more shorts or some skin yeah, conditioner yeah, or learn yeah. to like avocados, and you were yeah. just like, no, I'm going to get on a motorcycle. <laughs> Figure out <maybe."> what kale is. <laughs> Figure out yeah. what kale is and um, how to get it out of your teeth or ever stop <laughs> chewing it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, that I, makes sense. I, I think that was probably the impetus, and I remember very distinctly wanting to get a Triumph Bonneville because this was this was 2008 and uh, Triumph had come back in a really big way they were one of the original like Brit- like they've been around in some form uh, not their current form but like they've been around since 1903 or okay. so um, and they're a British uh, bike manufacturer the bike the, the motorcycle that you think of in your head where it's like a flat seat and yeah. like, like the, that now kind of like, like if you look at it, you'll, most people probably say, Oh, it's a cafe racer. Like that classic motorcycle. Okay. Like that was triumph. Like they, that was all triumph. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it sounded to me also like your obsession is at least partially about just knowing everything about motorcycles as well as actually riding them. Is so, one stronger than the other obsession wise? I mean, every obsession that I have like includes a modicum of like painstaking research you know like like if if i'm really into a thing i'm going to read all about a thing and watch all the videos about a thing and listen to podcasts about the things that there aren't good motorcycling podcasts it's a problem i'll have to fix that um (laughs) but it's uh it's yeah it's a thing where i i don't i I try and whole ass things um, when i when i'm when i'm really into them i'm gonna put both cheeks on yeah and 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 and, uh, yeah also I've been driving a Honda Fit for months. Yes, I'm so losing my mind. Is this podcast driving um, you mad? Like, you no, want to be no, on a this is the next right best now? thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm totally into it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I took that course and I bought that bike when I when I was in Humboldt and I just rode up and down the 101 for months. Okay, and it was amazing to get places or just to ride, man. I mean, occasionally, like I'd you know visit a friend or something, but mostly just 
yeah, just yeah. going. Oh, is it like not pouring rain today? Cool, I'm <laughs> I'm going. Is it pouring rain? I'm also going to go. Okay. <laughs> like you know, it yeah. was. Um, there was also a thing, and this is like if you talk to anyone else who you know who rides a lot, like they they will confirm this. Um, so, uh. There's a physics thing that happens with motorcycles um, that is kind of that you don't necessarily like if you've ridden a bicycle, yeah. you know, you turn the, the handlebars to make the front wheel turn the direction you want to go. Yeah. So when you're above about 15 miles an hour, that stops working. You have to counter steer. Okay. So you turn the opposite way from the direction you want to go. Yes. Um, so if you want to turn left, you actually push forward with your left with the, the left part of the uh of the handlebar. Okay. So you like put pressure on, on the, on the left hand and it turns the wheel a little to the right. And that lets like the left part of the, of the tire, like start to gain traction. And that turns you left. Okay. It's, it, and it's a phenomenon that's really hard to describe in an audio podcast. Yeah. Um, but if you just look up counter steering, like you'll see like, um, or, or if you just talk to literally anyone who's, yeah. who's ridden a motorcycle, um, this makes sense to my dumb brain because, uh, from first person shooters. Yeah. Because when they were first, uh, a big deal in video games, the Y axis, not the X axis mm-hmm. that you're talking about, but the Y axis was always inverted. Yeah. But and then they changed it, that. As if there was a stick on the back of the head of exactly. a person. Yeah. Yeah, so you would push the opposite direction then that you wanted your gun to actually point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now in, in modern video games, I always have to go and change that. Yeah. So I, I imagine myself approaching a motorcycle and then going into my own head and having to invert <laughs> the X axis in order to be able to drive correctly. Yeah. Um, and it's a thing that like, you know, with a, like a tiny bit of practice just comes naturally. And yeah. Like, and it's a thing that by the end of the safety course, you know, that you take to get your motorcycle endorsement like yeah you have done you know you, you're, you're going 20 miles an hour in a parking lot you know like doing just a loop and you start to feel it yeah and there is no better feeling than taking a corner on <laughs> on, a, on a bike like oh really turning is the most satisfying thing in the world does you know, it feel like you're swooping is that it like is it really just kinetic yeah, you you have a you have a connection to the road that you just don't in a car where there's you know four um, you know suspension units basically yeah. work, working instead of two and you're not like right on top of them. Um, and the car doesn't go up, you know, on two wheels. Yeah, or it well, shouldn't. And, and, and and you know, like there will come a day very soon probably where a computer will be able to drive a car faster and more efficiently and better through corners than a human being will. Yeah. That will never happen with motorcycles, right? Or, or at very least, that will that is so much further off because the you are a part of the bike, right? Like, it's like, your weight, you, it's, right? Yeah, your weight and your you know your input on the controls and your body positioning, like on the seat, all of those things are integral to it functioning properly. Yeah, um, and there's something so thrilling about that that's yeah. not like it's not the same kind of thrill that you get on a roller coaster or something like occasionally you'll get you know like a little like shot of that yeah but it's more sustained and more balanced um of of joy yeah and and just this like the the, the feedback that you just kind of naturally get like it's uh i have um like i've i've struggled with mental illness my whole life yeah and for any um like personal issues like like I've, I've of course you know spent like lots of time with like cognitive behavioral therapy and and you know experimenting with medications and stuff okay and like all, all of the traditional venues for sure and and then they, they all like helped build this foundation where now i have you know good coping mechanisms yeah. and a good self-awareness vocabulary and know my brain well enough to be able to know when i need outside help and you know things like that um and all those good things but from a day-to-day perspective like i get more out of riding for a half hour than i do you know uh, yeah a, a, like a, th- a therapy session um when it comes to like personal like keeping my demons at bay and stuff does like that. does it just make it's you amazing. feel alive because it's like so uh kinetic and natural is that what sort of recenters you yeah and and you know the, the term throttle therapy is, is, is usually what, <laughs> awesome. what, what 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 people like kind of term it as um, yeah i mean that makes sense to me because like when i'm very frustrated or depressed uh, i know rationally like you could make this better if you walked around the block you idiot yeah and like sometimes i don't do it it's so dumb because just taking a walk and i'm like oh yes birds air Absolutely. other humans right not just the the little uh, mind prison that we all make for ourselves. <laughs> so it seems like uh, throttle therapy is that times like 
a million well yeah way more it's, cc's it's, of that it's it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a force multiplier for sure yeah um and you know i i certainly should try and balance that a little bit with okay let's also you know like go for a run or something you know do the other things that right. that make you feel good because they engage your mind and your body in a you know kind of a, a primal basic way yeah. that our modern domestic life does not you know yeah um and yeah, motorcycling for me is is kind of a like a hyperkinetic version of that, where it's it, it's it's not necessarily you know that kind of engaging your you know like paleo like <laughs> like yeah. you know uh, you're still riding a big thing that's doing most of it. Oh work. yeah, no, there are a bunch of explosions happening between your legs, and you're going <laughs> way faster than you probably should. Therapy. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so is it still? Uh, I have I have a bunch of questions that are honestly myself trying to understand mm-hmm. uh, the balance of the stereotypes and the romance of motorcycles with mm. the reality. So yeah. is it still thrilling? Is it still therapeutic when you're like, ah, crap, I forgot to get milk, and you get on your bike and you go to the grocery store in Seattle? Yes. So like, it's like just e- the movement of the thing. Even if I'm stuck in traffic. Well, and that's and that's the the, the I mean the part of the reason I chose the bike that I have. Yeah. Is um. You know, there are 600cc sport bikes like the uh, Yamaha's R6, which is really extremely popular, or, you know, the like the uh, that, that are these kind of middleweight sport bikes that typically um, that are, are are ludicrously fast. You know, okay. they're, they're also they're also like, you know, 3.2 seconds or so or, or thereabouts zero to 60, but they can go, you know, 160 miles an hour, no problem. And these that's the other thing. Motorcycles aren't very expensive. Like yeah. they're expensive to like because you have to uh, like learn how to do a lot of your maintenance yourself unless you want to pay a lot of money for because okay. there are fewer motorcycle mechanics and you know so like, so they shop can specialize time costs more. And, okay yeah um uh and you certainly have to invest in gear um which does not cost like a little bit of money it's like <laughs> you can go down a rabbit hole and end up spending quite a bit um so the industry sucks you in by giving you relatively cheap uh. This is like the consoles, sure. <laughs> I yeah, don't know why yeah. everything's video games with me today. I'm jonesing for a video game. That's okay. But like, if a console is not that much, but every game is sixty dollars, and a new controller is a hundred, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess, kinda. You know, I, I mean, like, you can, you can, you know, you can pick up a used, like, high quality, you know, used motorcycle for well under two thousand dollars. Okay, like, you know, uh, that that is. A perfectly reliable commuter that you could use every yeah, day. which is cheaper usually than oh yeah, car. you know, not yeah. to mention getting forty to fifty miles a gallon probably right. So it you saves know? a lot on gas. All yeah. right, so there's an efficiency to it. Yeah, um, and and like certainly those things kind of factor in in the, in in the background, but ultimately it's yeah. I mean, if if a car said, well, I'm going to be significantly cheaper and get a hundred miles a gallon, I'd be like, well, this is still more fun. So no, bye. Yeah, so okay. Like, sorry, smart car. Um, <laughs> you mentioned gear. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, what is yeah. What's your motorcycle outfit? Like if I was getting the the Seth action figures and I had Seth with <laughs> guitar playing action and then I was going to get Seth riding a motorcycle. So what's uh, your outfit? So top to bottom, uh helmet, um full face helmet. Okay. Um, there are still people who ride around with like you know, mostly in cruiser culture, you know, Harley cu- culture with uh, the little kind of mushroom cap like okay. dumb things that <laughs> I, the way they taught it in the MSF class is that is, is pretty straightforward. It's hey, just get a helmet that protects the parts of your face you want to protect. Yeah, your choice. Yeah, which is for me all of it. <laughs> um a solid choice. Yeah, uh so uh the um you know, full face helmet this it was, you know, on sale about a, you know, 120 150 bucks. Okay. Um, you know, and kind of range varies from like 100 to 600 depending on how much you want to spend and how fancy you want it. Uh, I have a little uh Bluetooth communicator nice. um that sticks to the outside of it uh and is a rechargeable battery and is waterproof uh, and then it has that routes to um speakers that you like put into your helmet that are right okay. by your ears um which is great because then i can like hands-free do like you know siri hey give me directions to whatever i can okay. hear turn by turn navigation um without being you know distracted by a screen or anything yeah uh, where i can listen to music or podcasts which i do all the time um uh i wear a like you know those like tube scarf things yeah where you know you can like oh you can make it like a little thing a balaclava or you can make it a whatever <laughs> like I have one of those um just because it's it's nice especially in the winter okay uh, when it starts to get cold out yeah uh, to keep you know your neck warm a little bit um my I have a couple different jackets uh, all leather 
Uh, no. Okay. Uh, leather leather's not cheap. Yeah. Um, it is it is still the best um, form of abrasion resistance. Okay. Like there's you know cordura and these really like technical like fiber you know kind of uh, like fiber compounds that that will slide for like three or four seconds on asphalt at speed. Okay. Um, which is better than like jeans, which will disintegrate immediately. Yeah. Um, but still not as good as leather that will slide for nine or 10 seconds. Um, and do you really go into a store and, and like say these leather pants, how many seconds of slide do they have? They will market that to you. Okay. Yeah. Like, like most, most gear manufacturers are going for safety as much as they are for, you know, style and fashion. Okay. Um, and of course the, it, it's, it's always a trade off too. Um, and, and the leather, like the leathers that you would wear for like, in you know on motorcycle gear is going to be very different than like your fashion leather which is maybe like maybe like um you know half millimeter okay like maybe cowhide but maybe also something else you know because if like a lot of leather jackets you know they're really soft yeah and that's nice but it's also probably because they're also thin (laughs) so like this is like one uh or you know 1.3 uh 1.5 mil cowhide which is like okay like it's heavy dude shit heavy this is shit. like boiled leather armor yeah george yeah, r. Yeah. r martin shit oh yeah, yeah absolutely like you are like you are specced into a leather armor class <laughs> um and uh and also like most jackets have shoulder uh elbow and back protectors okay um that is made of a variety of different materials my favorite is uh uh, D3O is the is the name of the, it's it's viscoelastic so it like bends like rubber wow. um, but then if you it, if it hits an impact it hardens immediately okay i and was going to it's the weirdest like yeah. it's it's this cool like space fabric kind of stuff uh that so and the ni- the nice thing is when it's flexible it's great because you don't want like hard pieces of armor on your like flex points of yeah. your body because it's uncomfortable but like this is the best so it's the best of both worlds it's very good so does this make you feel cool when you're like kidding up with something that is armor basically that is I a mean, kind yes. of armor yeah yeah it is no it, it feels like armor and it almost looks like you know it looks like armor because you have these kind of like like flat bulging points you yeah. know coming out of your body <laughs> that's um, right i got flat bulging points i'm a badass <laughs> um you know, I have a couple different jackets. My my summer jacket is, you know, kind of a short cropped like textile jacket that the whole front and uh, and um, uh, parts of the back and uh, and and sides are mesh. Okay, like it's a mesh textile. Um, and then the like impact points where the armor are is like a cordura, like you know, like harder textile. Okay. Um, and are you making all these choices then based totally? You you you've got it specked out on the safety. It's, are there, it's always is there a fashion balance. within it yeah oh yeah it's and it's always a balance you know between because if if i wanted to be the most safe that i yeah. could possibly be i would spend thousands of dollars on like hardcore race leathers and i would i would always be wearing a one-piece suit rather than two pieces because you know you don't want it sliding up or moving out of position okay. in the in the event of a slide um they now make like airbag jackets i was gonna ask they do they're really expensive and um and and like kind of impractical. Yeah. Um. So tech, I'm gonna the, YouTube the, that though. Yeah. There's gotta oh, absolutely. Be, right? There's yeah. gotta be video yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of of tests. Yeah. 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 Where people fall off and their the... awesome leather jacket turns into the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. The, the the tech is well, and it's not actually as big as you'd think. Okay. Um. But it's enough just to give you you know cushioning. Okay. Um. In the event of like an an, an impact. Wow. Um. So it's always a balance, you know. And and so I I wear I try and wear um, uh, you know sometimes. You slack a little bit, yeah, and and it's not a thing you want to make a habit out of. But I have like I have do have some Kevlar uh, riding jeans that look <laughs> they look exactly like normal jeans, and then they have a liner that goes down to down past the knee uh, and all around your thighs and hips, which yeah. is you know the part you'd actually slide on. Um, and it's lined with this like woven Kevlar, so it'll give you three and a half four seconds of you know of slide at sliding speed. time. Yeah. Okay, um, and at speed is what. 60 miles that, an hour? That's usually 55, 60 okay. miles an hour, which is, you know, that's worst, generally worst case scenario is, right. you know, you're at highway speeds and, 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 you know, at which point it's likely that you would slide for a while. Yeah. Um, depending on the type of crash. 
Now, um, are those comfortable when you're wearing Yeah, Kevlar no, they're jeans? super comfortable. And they're actually great in the winter. Um, uh, I, need, <laughs> I need to find some better summer gear next year that, yeah. is, that is protective but also uh, uh, cooler. Because yeah. the, the liner makes them great for the winter because it's like you're wearing, you know, long johns or something underneath. Do they protect from impact as well as slide? No. Um, okay. But they have pockets for knee armor. Um, okay. And, uh, I might buy some because I'm going home uh, to Minnesota for Christmas for the first time since I've lived in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I know I'm going to hit a patch ice and i'm gonna send myself flying <laughs> well they, they a great have, talking point so like i have kevlar pants guys my so. my, my other uh, pants are over pants so you just wear your normal jeans or pants or whatever and then you slip these over like snow pants yeah um and they have uh padded hips like padded <laughs> hip armor and 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 knee armor um and those would be great that's yeah. that, that you'd be wearing snow pants basically anyway because they're wind and waterproof so like yeah, yeah you're I good got kevlar on my ass so i can fall a little bit guys <laughs> i'm pretty cool uh Here's a, a question about motorcycle culture. Mm-hmm. Is there any practical reason to rev a motorcycle engine when you're stopped at the intersection? Or is that purely just like mm-hmm. a, an animal bird call? Like yeah. just, I'm on a motorcycle, motherfucker. So there's one thing that I do um, that I've made a habit out of that I know that other riders do as well. This probably isn't what you're talking about. Okay. This is the practical reason. Um, or the, the main practical reason. Uh, if I come up to a line of traffic, and keep in mind, California is the only state in the fucking union where <laughs> where uh, lane splitting and filtering is legal. In, in, by lane splitting, you mean that it, it's legal for the motorcycles to just cut between two yes. lanes of traffic. Yes, yep. yes. Which Stops traffic or slow traffic. Frightening thing oh, for me yeah. to learn on moving here. It's, it's, it's horrifying if you're not used to it, even if you are used to it. It can be jarring because yeah. if you're if you're not moving in a car and someone comes by you at ten miles an hour, it feels like they're going seventy. Yeah, you know, and uh, so I understand that thing. But uh, the the Hurt Report, which is a famous like uh, it was called the Hurt Report because the guy's name was Hurt, not because of it was about <laughs> motorcycle crashes, okay. but it was um, from but like, he was from wearing the, like, from the eighties. Okay, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, for, from the eighties. Uh, <laughs> that the, it was the first and still the most recent comprehensive like study on motorcycle crashes and fatalities and stuff. Okay. Um, it basically said that about 48% of uh, all motorcycle fatalities on the road are from being rear ended at, uh, at stoplights. Okay. So traffic filtering immediately eliminates about half of the most risky types of crashes involving other cars. Awesome. Which is get in front of all of them where they can see you. Um, and so like traffic filtering is, you'll notice it's like the entire, the entirety of the UK, all, all of Europe um, and all of Asia. Like if you look at, you know, traffic videos and stuff from, uh, from, you know, in Beijing or in like yeah. Taipei and the amount of scooters and small bikes that everyone is riding and like everyone, it's just like a mass. You just of, zip around and it yeah. really is kind of more up to you to navigate it. Yeah. And, and, uh, so the one thing that I do, um, when in Washington, if I'm not filtering between cars because it's technically illegal, even though I will sometimes absolutely do it because it's <laughs> safer. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, risk the ticket, uh, I will come up behind, if I'm stopping behind someone, I will do two quick blips on my throttle to be like, broom, broom, like right behind them to let them know I'm there. Okay. Because I've had the only motorcycle accident I've ever been in um, was I was, sorry, knocking on wood. Uh, the, uh, I was at a stoplight okay. right behind a, a, a woman in a small, like, you know, uh, just compact car. And she had pulled a little too far into the crosswalk and okay. someone started to cross and she backed right into me. Oh, she just backed up her car into Yep, you. yep. So you were going at zero miles an I hour. was not moving. Yep. Okay. And yep. uh, did you fall off the bike? No, luckily, like, I'm honking and revving and screaming yeah. at her. And <laughs> and, uh, and luckily, she, she backed up a little bit, and it, like, messed up my front fender a little okay. bit. You know, the, the cover that covers the wheel to yeah. keep splashing water and stuff. Um, that was it. Okay. Um, so it, it was it was not, you know, too... But it could have been much worse. I've seen videos of, you know, of people, like, running over people's bikes, you know, by just, back, just up. backing up. Cause, and just not thinking yeah, about what's or, back there. Or, or they look, and people's vision is calibrated for other cars. Yeah. You know, you do the quick glance, and you're like, oh, well, I didn't see a car shape. All right, I um, just saw a human, so I'll yeah, back up. exactly. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Okay, uh, so so that is one practical reason for, Just for, for doing alert it. people. There are other bikes, specifically like bigger cruisers, where 
sometimes like if they're like if they're not tuned properly yeah like you could like have a low idle situation in which case you'd want to like be revving a little bit just to keep the engine going but no people rev them because they like the sound of it okay which i get i like the sound of it too but people are dicks about it too yeah uh, biker culture is such this like large vast like multitudes of subcultures that with a lot of stereotypes attached a to it ton, right so it could a ton. be really easy to misjudge it i would imagine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so so you were saying it so it's do you feel like you're a part of a, a subculture? Because it sounds like you. Nah. Are you any group? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, th- I think that is that is uh, more by virtue of the variety of different like styles of motorcycling that I enjoy. Okay. Rather than you know like any anything else, like I like I I really enjoy like cruisers. I like riding them. They're fun to work on too. Um. Uh. But they're. You know, but I, I, I'm not a big Harley guy. Yeah. Uh, mostly because you need an SAE set of tools to work on Harleys and everything else works on metric tools. And it's like, well, I don't want to buy a new set of tools to work on your dumb bike just because Milwaukee's stubborn. Okay. But, and just because Harley's Harley. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like you're mostly a solo a biker. Yeah. Uh, would you like it if a bunch of your friends were suddenly like, yeah, we, we got our Kevlar pants. We've taken the classes. I've been Let's trying go, so hard. I'll go bike around together. <laughs> I've been trying so hard to make that happen. Okay. The the problem is it, it it's a fair amount of buy in for people. You know, both in like yeah. time and financial investment. Um, I would say also identity. There's. Oh yeah. I know I'm being a little obsessive about this no, myself, no, it's true. but there's just so much cultural baggage with what a motorcycle is, and that's like mm-hmm. it's not like putting on a winter coat because it's cold. Buying a leather jacket with armor in it? That's like doing something to your identity. Yeah. Culturally. It doesn't have to be, but I think there's like baggage to it. That's like that's like I was a preppy, but then when I mm-hmm. come back for tenth grade, I'm a goth now. Like it's yeah. changing something about what you're saying to the outside world. It's strange too, because that I think that's a uniquely American phenomenon. Yeah. Um in you know, I I'd say it's like Europe's probably kind of closer, but like large swaths of the country or of of the world, like people will ride two wheel transportation because it's significantly more practical. <laughs> yeah, like it's it is a it, you know it and and for me like it's it's like I, the, so part of this has to do with like the history of motorcycling in America. Okay. Like it was it was a kind of like rich tinkers like boondoggle kind of thing yeah you know in the in the first half of the 20th century um and then post-world war ii um like there there were like harley davidson did manufacture bikes that were used in like world war one and world war two okay triumph was making them for world war one world war two and so like people would ride them a little bit it, usually as uh messengers um because it was more practical and efficient faster to, and zip yeah, around yeah. yeah if the roads messed up you know you can like navigate that a little easier. Um, but then uh, in America, people came back from World War II and all these vets had like a little money and uh, were kind of, well, frankly, a lot of them had post-traumatic stress disorder and oh, that was not so a thing that was diagnosed. Throttle therapy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. And and it, it gave people a sense of autonomy and a thing to work on yeah. and a thing to do. And to obsess um, over. Yeah. I think, yeah. Nice podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, so a lot of like and and then, you know, Hollywood kind of like took notice of that, um, you know, and then, of course, like pop culture kind of reflected that a little bit in terms of, you know, with like Rebel Without a Cause kind of like shit and then into and that kind of feedback loop, you know, ended up with, you know, Easy Rider and Hell's Hell's Angels and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And now, like post the, you know, heyday of all that kind of kind of cultural uh you know zeitgeisty stuff around motorcycling now for a lot a lot of people see it as a ironically like a kind of like a rich weekend hobby for you know okay well especially because the american like the pre the predominant american motorcycle manufacturer harley davidson is uh more expensive to like own maintain and and buy than other bikes and is very much a cultural signifier and a status sig- sig- yeah. signal and the domain of largely, um, although certainly not, you know, a hundred percent, uh, 
kind of weekend warrior types who are yeah. you know, like, hey, like I got a day job and on the weekends I like to take my $25,000, you know, bagger <laughs> with, you know, the Batwing fairing on the front and pretend I'm a Sons of Anarchy guy, you know? Like, I recognize only half those words, but they all sounded cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's, which is totally fine. Like I, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's just that then it relegates motorcycling into this, you know, culturally into this space of, oh, it's it's for, you know, upper middle class people to do for fun. Right. As opposed to, no, the rest of the world sees this as a practical way to get around. Um, yeah. And, 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 and they're also like, you know, the going, going back to kind of the, the excessive amounts of power in the engines <laughs> thing. Um, a lot of that has to do with the American market because of how fast our speed limits are how big the distances between our cities are right um you know and highway speeds being an important thing um and and of course a little bit because you know race bikes became then popular to emulate on the street yeah and i'm Um, sure there's a practical thing of like hey if you live in a far-flung suburb and you want to come into the city it's great to be able to move fast but also it it, advertising wise ties into the freedom and the power, right? To just yeah. go zipping and you're yeah. free, man. Yeah. Um, along with this sort of a freedom idea, would you want, if you could have it, a motorcycle that actually flew? Or would you feel robbed of your ground sensation? If you could be like, it, it gets up to 60 miles per hour, and then like an Harry Potter, you can get off the ground. I would absolutely take that. Okay. Because the... Um, so I still get a little bit of throttle therapy out of, you know, being in traffic and taking like 90 degree left and right hand turns for yeah. sure. Um, but it pales in comparison to hitting a twisty mountain road. Yeah. And it would be wonderful to be able to just like, okay, well I hit I five. Okay. And now I'm taking off and okay. All right. 30 minutes later, I land on, <laughs> on some farm road near Mount Rainier and I'm like, okay, well I'm just going to r- ride up the mountain now. And as long as I could turn it off and be back grounded again. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. Okay. Totally. I yeah. think that's a good choice to yeah. not just have it rocket you into space. No, I yeah, like that, that would, that would not be ideal. <laughs> my my gear is protective, but uh, not that protective. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. So do you think about motorcycles every day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah I mean, I mean I, I, if, when I'm home, I, I ride every day because it, it is one of those self-care things. It's it's like making sure you leave the apartment when you're self-employed. Okay. You know, um, which is a thing I, you know, struggle with. So it's, <laughs> it's nice uh, to be able to do that every day. And yeah, I'm thinking about it every day. And now when you're on tour... Are you reading uh, articles? How yeah. are you? How are you staying in touch since you've been trapped in a Honda Civic for months? <laughs> there are there are a handful of websites that you know, like and and uh, even though I'm not a Reddit guy um, for you know other cultural reasons, yeah. Um, the subreddit you know for motorcycling is is pretty inoffensive in the okay. ways that other parts of Reddit can be extremely <laughs> offensive. People just um, talk about motorcycles and yeah, yeah, not people, weird conspiracy theories. Yep, no 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 dumb memes allowed. It's okay. it's, it's like no, <laughs> let's let's just just like, motorcycles. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's still, you know, fun things like, you know, all right, it's Wheelie Wednesday. Everyone show videos of people doing sick wheelies. <laughs> you know like like dumb shit like that. Um yeah, and there's some uh, moto vlogging has become really popular. Um Is that with like mounted on, on cameras? Yeah, you just you know, kind of stick a GoPro to your helmet and okay. and, and, and go. Nice. Um, and most of them are garbage because it's people just babbling about nonsense and oh, just they're just know. talking while they're driving around. Yep. Like now I'm going to get yeah. Some um, but there's some okay ones where people edit things properly. Okay. And, you know. Cool. Cool. So there's a lot of ways to stay in touch with it. So it sounds like somebody could actually be obsessed with motorcycles without ever getting on one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. It would be I'd be hard pressed to find that person because <laughs> until you've gotten on one and like then caught the bug, you know, yeah, um, then you probably would be bored out of your mind reading about a conceptual <laughs> thing. But yeah, but Wheelie Wednesday sounds yeah. fun to me. Oh yeah, sure. When people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with motorcycles? Um, so right now I'm I'm still like I haven't moved into my new place. Okay. Um, but probably not like yeah. the, the mostly because like they, they'd have to walk into a garage or they'd see it outside of the home for okay. sure but um, you don't have like big motorcycle posters or no, not like a, a um, 
big collection of helmets hanging from the ceiling. There's something a little too like 13 year old boy in the mid nineties about having <laughs> a poster of any kind of vehicle on yeah. the wall. Um, that just doesn't appeal to me in yeah. any way. Um, but they might notice like a coat rack that is filled with fucking gear and has okay. a helmet on top of it. So like it's possible. So it's observant, but you don't have any like trinkets or anything like that. Not really. Okay. Um, there, there, there are a couple like uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they do like you know Lego or Connects style like kind of build kits, okay. like you know, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of of different bikes. And it's like, oh, that that'd be kind of nice to have on a shelf next to my you know Gundams and anime yeah. figs. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tasteful. Yeah. Now, if I made a calendar and mm. I got twelve photos of you in your gear mm. on one of your bikes, would you? And I gave that to you. Would you be annoyed with that? <laughs> No, that'd be fantastic. Okay, great. <laughs> Not to give away my plans or anything. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, you just ruined Christmas, Justin. <laughs> but you would be happy to see that reflection of yourself. And oh, what it yeah, means absolutely. To you, uh, I'm, be I'm, on I'm, your wall and in your life. I am unabashed, if a little defensive. Okay. <laughs> about you know, in in terms of uh, you know, because there there are certainly some some criticisms that are levied against motorcycles because of shitty behavior of certain subsets of the culture, whether it's revving at stoplights like an asshole, having an exhaust that isn't baffled so it's stupid loud instead of just loud because loud is good, but too loud is obnoxious. Yeah. But yeah, you hear the loud things, and and that's obviously you you remember that because it's obnoxious. Yeah. But when I'm sitting in my apartment and I hear loud obnoxious revving, yeah, I'm not literally physically seeing all the other people who are probably just <laughs> driving quietly or writing quietly or however you want to verb that. Yeah. Uh, you are a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Have you ever or would you write a song about motorcycles? Yes. Um. I well, you know, tangentially. Um. There's a, a kind of a project I'm working on right now that I can't talk about too much, okay. but like it's uh, it definitely involves the use of a motorcycle to <laughs> escape the country. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Um, which is which is the thing like like, uh, and this is the thing that again, if you talk to anyone who's into bikes, they're always thinking about the next bike. Okay. Um, because uh, it's a disease. Um, <laughs> uh, you can't just have one. Um, and, uh, the next bike for me definitely will have some off-road capabilities just because of that, um, you know, impending eventuality of the geo hell that we live in. <laughs> okay. So you want to be able to get anywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Much better for the zombie apocalypse, yeah, right? To be able yeah. to off-road. Oh, for sure. Do, how many bikes do you have? Uh, two at the moment. Okay. Um, I also have a, a 94, uh, Ninja 500, which is a, uh, Ninja 500. Did yeah. I hear that correctly? Yeah. Uh, Kawasaki introduced the Ninja line in the like late eighties, <laughs> early nineties, I think. Oh, so awesome. Um, and well, it was like the American division of Kawasaki was like, yeah, you keep like calling it like the EX 500 and stuff. And that's, that's all right. But like our marketing department thinks it'd be cool if you called it the Ninja <laughs> and Japan was like, you know, a little oh, racist, but all right. And then it became like one of the, like, you'd be hard pressed to like, if you talk to someone and you showed them a sport bike, they'd be like, oh, it's a ninja. Like, like that is, it is band-aided in okay. terms of the ubiquity of that as, yeah. as, as a name um, for sport bikes particular. Okay. Like, like a lot of people will be like, you know, oh, it's a, it's a Harley or a crotch rocket. You know, those are the two yeah. motorcycles in people's minds if they're not into motorcycles or, and the other term for crotch rocket people will just say oh it's a ninja you know when it's, okay but that's a very specific brand thing why anymore. is crotch rocket different than uh harley is that because it's just a smaller bike oh no, no, no. like people will use that term uh derisively for sport bikes right okay um, as opposed to a cruiser um, okay they have different uh ergonomics um, okay. So a cruiser, you're a little more laid back, or you're or you're sitting upright, okay. you know, completely with your feet usually in front of you, right? As, right, a, as right. opposed to sport bikes, um, you know, are modeled modeled after you know race bikes, and okay, and, so it has some so, crotch momentum. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, they're significantly faster. Okay. Um, you know, like a you know, you, you get a Harley Sportster or something. It's it's almost 900 cc's it's a it's a big engine yeah. but it's all geared very low and it's a heavy bike and so it's torquey so it's it feels really good in the low end and it'll go you know 0 to 30 really quickly but okay. like but you know above 40 50 miles an hour it 
takes a lot longer for it to gain speed. Okay. Do you find that the term crotch rocket uh, derogatory because it does play into stereotypes? Of- I mean, there are also worse, more racist terms that people use. <laughs> um, uh, that, you know, but uh, that are fucking gross. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so we don't uh, need to say those out loud. Yeah. No. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I, I don't take it personally yeah. because, like, like any obsession, I'm sure this this might be one of your questions, but like. It doesn't bother me when, like, I, 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 I love this conversation because I love talking about motorcycles. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of friends who are also into motorcycles. Yeah. And I can, I am 100% aware of how nonsense so much of it sounds <laughs> and, and how much people be like, their eyes glaze over a little bit and they're like, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't yeah, but here's the thing is like almost everything you said, there have been plenty of words that like, I don't know that technical mm-hmm. term and I'm sure that there's more nuance to it. Yeah. But I get the general idea and almost all of them sound cool. There is just something about motorcycle, uh, you know, mm-hmm. culture and just tech that has permeated culture enough to be like, it's hard to be, you know, it's one thing if somebody's like, I do data entry, and so I have an Let me X3 tell you about my uh, G42 reports. cell. You know, like, who cares? But, like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I don't want to bore you with my Ninja 500. Like, <laughs> Ninja 500 is not a boring term or idea. There's nothing boring about it. Even the dash is exciting. In uh, this is not an exciting question, but it's a fun one. Would you buy underwear with motorcycles all over them? Is that a way you would express your obsession? I don't think I would buy it, but if I got it as a gift of someone being like, oh, you like motorcycles, here's some underwear, like boxer briefs, I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, this is great. Thank you. Cool. Like, I'd yeah. be appreciative of, like, it would show a little for- like a little thought beyond yeah. just here's some underwear. Okay. So. Yeah. So, it's, it's something that you like just to have around you. Because, like, you, yeah. you've got a, a Zelda tattoo you yeah. showed me in an Evangelion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the right pronunciation or Evangelion? Uh, Evangelion. It's, Evangelion. It's, it's, it's a made-up word, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like Han and Han. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so you that makes sense because you're the person who is willing to have your obsessions on your body. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, nope, it's an activity yeah. or it's oh, a thought. Yeah. I don't yeah. need to have it you know, on me. Well, and it's it's a strange thing because I, I actually Mary and I were talking about this the other day because uh, we have so many hours of you know driving <laughs> to kill. Um, but I've, you know, as much as I, you know, enjoy the hell out of you know, video games and, uh, you know, mass media and pop culture and all these other things. I am always really hesitant to let the things I like define who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, and because of that, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly wary of, of the kind of projecting too much of just my interests as my soul is identity your being? Yeah. yeah um but absolutely i like i have, I have no you know <laughs> like that you mentioned the tattoos like that in particular is a nice marriage of i like the thing that it represents sure but i also enjoy the iconography yeah at, at, like on its own yeah just the um, actual image has power yeah and and there's like a there is a personal connection with you know like i remember being a kid and like i fucking learned how to ride a horse and like like got into archery as a like as a kid because ocarina of time was that good yeah you know uh and and evangelion has helped me like process a lot of like existential shit in like very personal ways yeah like and uh so there's like there's a connection there yeah um but i'm always kind of like hesitant when it comes to you know projecting too much or or like putting hmm, i don't know it, it, it always I never understood when people like defined themselves by a singular thing that they enjoyed. Yeah, you know, because it's like you're you're more than that. Like, like yeah. I, I, I like I almost want to shake them and be like, no, 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 you you're you're not just a gamer. Like, <laughs> you don't have to be just like, oh yeah, I'm a gamer. Like, but you're you're a human being with like who contains multitudes. Yeah, like, and, it's really tough, you know, uh, especially yeah. with like social media and like even for myself, just being uh, uh, somebody who is. Uh, performer Mm -hmm. and you want more uh support in the Mm -hmm. art that you do and those things are supported by branding because you need people to remember you yeah like i I like squirrels people send me squirrel stuff so like when they see a squirrel like i didn't go out to be like i'm gonna corner (laughs) the is a weirdo who likes squirrels market it's like i like them so i make jokes and get some pictures uh but now that there's you know value when People see a squirrel. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I should go check Scrimshaw's Twitter feed because I just saw a squirrel and see what he's up to. And like, that's a dumb micro example. Of no, it, that's but you know, nice. it's where so much 
I, I think that's where we're going a little bit in society where like uh, even if you're not trying to be a public persona, being on social media, unless it's locked, is, hey, I'm trying to be a part of the culture. And I can signify like, mm -hmm. I love Star Trek. I love it so much. So now let me be a part of that culture. And, you know, so I don't know. For me, it's such a, a slippery uh, conversation because some of it is like, yes, it is a reduction. Mm -hmm. But is it sometimes a necessary reduction? in order to get uh, access to a larger community. Yeah, and 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 art I like the the media fandom as a as a community yeah. is 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 a strange like or is 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 a newer phenomenon. Yeah. I I feel like you know with the exception of some of the big standouts from, you know, 30 40 years ago like Star Wars or Star Trek, you know that yeah. that were pervasive enough and nerdy enough that people were like oh no, no no we're going to go to a convention about this thing you know <laughs> before there in. were conventions every weekend yeah um and i feel like motorcycling in certain subsets of it absolutely has that same kind of fervor for like a sense of community you you see i mean there there have been motorcycle clubs since the you know the early 20th century yeah you know pre-world war one there were motorcycle clubs yeah um and that has like transformed into like completely different things. And there's a there's a get together in uh, in Seattle monthly called Backfire Moto, where it's like <laughs> it's a bunch of like custom bikes and you know uh, kind of weird like rat bikes, uh, which are like basically bikes that are designed to look like they were like they're rusted out pieces of shit from okay. Mad Max. <laughs> like like they're very oh, extremely nice. extremely Mad Max stuff. It's yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's a get together that's extremely unpretentious, and um, there's not a lot of capitalism injected to it. It's oh, mostly nice. it's mostly people meeting up and just talking about bikes and like checking out each other's bike and you know being like, oh man, your exhaust sounds great, and yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> which is in when I say it out loud, sounds kind of weird when you're not in the context of standing next to someone's yeah. exhaust. That I mean, great. at a Star Wars convention, I'd find that offensive. <laughs> bike convention uh, on the other side of this positive community stuff would you get in a fight about motorcycles with a loved one at like a holiday dinner if they started just talking shit i mean i like i could i could envision if, if i were not with like i'm i'm in the plans my partner now is like about to take the msf course and okay. i'm gonna hand the <laughs> hand the ninja 500 down to them like, okay. as their starter bike um and uh <laughs> so like luckily i'm not in that situation but i could i could imagine like a, a situation where i were you know uh where, where someone were like not into it in, yeah in, in, in a way that like they wanted me to not be doing that as an activity yeah like my my parents were always like oh i don't know about this because you know they're like baby boomer parents who are just like uh we want to protect our kids from yeah. like as much things as possible have you um, considered living in a bubble yeah yeah it, that kind of stuff um not in a you know helicoptery way but yeah uh and luckily you know i was an adult when i started so it wasn't a big deal i was like well i'm gonna do it anyway sorry <laughs> um and you know i i take all the necessary safety precautions yeah. that I can, you know? Yeah. And yeah. But you would defend it if challenged. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, obviously, yeah, you're not going to give it up. It's your thing. No, you are yeah. not going to give it up. But you would step up. Yeah. I mean, if it were a holiday dinner, I'd probably say, "We let's have this argument later. Okay. <laughs> like, I want to have this mashed yes. potatoes and all of this mashed Let's get back to talking about politics. Yeah. That would be better. <laughs> uh, if you got the best motorcycle ever, the next one you wanted, this mm -hmm. off-road one, it was amazing, and then you went out to ride it, let's say you parked it uh, you know, somewhere in Seattle, mm -hmm. and then there was a bear sitting on it, would you try to get your motorcycle away from the bear, or would you just let the bear have your motorcycle? I would befriend the bear, <laughs> and uh, suspension permitting, I'd go two-up riding with the bear. <laughs> up yeah uh how <laughs> what would your opening salvo of friendship be to the bear how would you approach the bear to befriend it I'd, and get I'd, it to two up with you I'd, I'd you know find some salmon <laughs> just like <laughs> dig it out of my freezer and just be like all right let's hang out i understand bear i'll be right back with some salmon i that's a great answer uh this is the last how obsessed are you question if every time you rode a motorcycle someone somewhere else far away heard a loud motorcycle noise would you still ride motorcycles? 
every day. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, try to calibrate these questions. I'm, just I, so. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, like, particularly the instance of, okay, well, what if someone who was like lived in an extremely rural area where yeah. they were not used to engine noises or anything. Like, I hope they're the ones who hear it. Cause they'd just be like, what the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that was the weirdest roaring, like mechanical hell noise I've ever heard in my life. I hope the roar doesn't come back yeah. again tonight. There's like, there's like that, uh, that, um, that, uh, Island like off of like Indonesia or something yeah. where like, where like modern civilization has not like, uh, contacted it at all yeah. because they keep throwing spears and like stuff at, at like anyone who tries to land there, which is amazing. I think yeah. it's great. Like, yeah, you do you. Oh no, Ultimate you're, you're, you do you're you doing there. great, yeah. sweetie. Like, um, uh, but I like the idea of them hearing the motorcycle and being like, wait, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, as monks just meditating and they <laughs> yeah. think they've summoned the noise. Yeah, and the... all of a sudden, brap. <laughs> yeah. That's a Ninja 500. Uh, <laughs> can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with motorcycles? Uh, I think I just did. I think it's that, but yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I have people rate their obsessions on a scale of one to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll say uh, seven Ninja 500s because I can't get it out of my mind. <laughs> one is the lowest, seven is the highest. Where would you place yourself in that scale of obsession? I would say a, like a, a strong 5.5. A strong like, 5.5. Like nice. 5.5 cc's. Yeah, of obsession. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, seven would probably be someone who has like a severe like brand loyalty, which is not a thing that I have. Yeah, no. Like I, I, I enjoy like the, I enjoy like motorcycling so much that I'm not going to like pigeonhole myself by being like, oh, I'm only going to ride this brand's, you know, like stuff because no, if the other one's better. Yeah, I'm gonna do why it. Would, yeah. yeah, why would I? No, um, and I could see like like that or or the you know posters in the in, in, yeah. in the bedroom kind of level of of uh, fanaticism. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you're making it through this whole long and, tour yeah, without. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been tough. <laughs> um, and you know, people are into like MotoGP or you know like professional racing and stuff, which I haven't gotten into yet. <laughs> and yeah, might someday because. Who knows? But, oh yeah, that's a great um, way to like channel it and like really have to work at it, right? Yeah, because then you have to train. Oh yeah, I mean that's that is next level shit that I will you know frankly never have the money to be able to do because <laughs> track time is super expensive. But okay, uh, well who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, uh, I think that's a great segue to some plugs. Nice. It'd make you a lot of money uh, yeah, with all, sure. all the plugs. So uh, tell people a little bit uh, like where they can find you on social media if you want to be found. Yeah. Uh, and any other things you want to plug, albums, whatnot? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, at Seth Boyer um, on, on Twitter, and um, that that's really the only okay. thing I, I, I still <laughs> do much. And I'm kind of taking a step. Also on Instagram, I guess, if you're an Instagram person. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the Twitter's largely dad jokes and um, uh, extremely, like, hardcore socialist uh you know uh, shit so so i enjoy it very much yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah no i'm sure i'm sure all of my like like art friends and stuff have me like hard muted which i'm <laughs> very thankful for um but uh yeah and then uh seth boyer dot um uh released a, a nice full-length like rock record uh, a little while ago that's available there that's um that's still pretty good i'm still pretty yeah. proud of it no, it's um, great yeah it's great and your all-star video is that still up yeah yeah that's on youtube so you can just search youtube for that yeah um, and this is a... the soulful slow piano in that version right? yeah yeah yeah. a version of all-star which is <laughs> amazing <laughs> well thank you very much yeah as we're recording uh seth and i did a show last night mm-hmm. and uh you did it on guitar and had to sing along <laughs> very slow beautiful soulful all-star and it just it just pulls out what's so weird about that song is like <laughs> There are lyrics that come at me if you hate it, Internet. There are lyrics that are great, it's, and they work. It's a phenomenal pop And then there's some things song. you can't get around, Yeah. no matter how soulfully you sing it. <laughs> so it brings out like the best and the worst of the song. It just makes you stare at it. It's beautiful. I love it. Uh, here's some quick plugs uh, for me in this show, and then we'll do our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook as at Obsessed Podcast. 
Also, check out my Star Wars podcast feed, Force Center. For info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to our monthly patron-only bonus episodes. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are final questions. If you could shoot one of these two things out of your hands, which would you prefer, lightning or fish? Ooh, yeah, it's it's gonna be lightning. I'm sorry, like <laughs> fish sounds really funny, but I've been I've been watching a lot of uh, My Hero Academia, which is a popular new like shonen uh, anime. Oh, cool! Um, it's super good. A lot and, of like, lightning hands. Well, there's like the the kind of secondary main character who's kind of the rival uh, to to the, the the main character who's all like plucky and yeah. go, go get him, and his rival is just like I'm fucking angry all the time. <laughs> God damn it! His uh, uh, he, he shoots explosions out of his hands. Oh, nice. And it's like it's a, it's powered by his sweat, which is awesome. A it's combustible a, it, oh, sweat. I'll, I'll just... tell you more about the show off okay. air. It's really good. But yeah, definitely lightning. Lightning would be right. great. Lightning. Nice. I like owning it. Uh, it's fun to picture you rocketing down the street in your motorcycle, <laughs> shooting lightning out of your hands. If there was a video game based on your life, what kind of game would it be? What style of game? I mean, Dream Daddy already came out, so... <laughs> It'd probably be a visual novel, okay. uh, slash dating sim, um, <laughs> <laughs> or like, or I mean, Road Rash comes to mind. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's a classic. Uh, I I still actually, it's still like in my in my head. It's, it's the game I want to make someday. But it's it's like, uh, did you ever play Outrun? No, I didn't. So it was a it was an arcade like driving game uh, that came to you know consoles and stuff later. Okay. But like uh, made by Sega, I think, and it was like. The creator of it was like, don't call it a racing game. It's a driving game. <laughs> and it's like, you're in like this red convertible and yeah. you have like a, like in your, like a dude and you have like a blonde in the, in the passenger seat and you're driving and you go through like all these different, like, and it like plays like a racing game, but it's, they're not like, but you're not racing. You're just kind of tooling around town. It's, it's like a, you know, in the arcade, it does the thing where like you have to be fast enough so that you keep the you get the time extended kind of thing okay. going on. Um, but it's like way more chill and the music's amazing. And it's very like, <laughs> like I do want like just kind of like a chill laid back. Okay. Like driving game. You just like slowly be, drive through the life of Seth Boyer. It'd be good. Or it'd be just like, no, we're just going to take these corners at like a leisurely pace and it's going to be really fun. And we're yeah. going to have some nice scenic vistas. Yeah. It'll be good. And then maybe you can play the ocarina while you're riding. Yeah, totally. And shoot lightning from my hands. <laughs> shoot lightning from your hands. Yeah. I think this really already answered the final question, but the final question for everyone is what is happiness? Who? Yeah. Happiness is a warm bun <laughs> around a burger. <laughs> that is an excellent uh, build on a pun. <laughs> you think it's just a pun, but wait, there's an actual wisdom. Yeah. Uh, um, is food a, a happiness comfort absolutely. thing for you? Absolutely. It's it's frequently the thing that um, I mean, <laughs> you in podcast land can't tell, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I food is one of the like few immovable pleasures. Yeah. Uh, like on on Earth, like everything else can be going horribly. The world can be on fire. Yeah. Um, we can be in like the death spiral of late capitalism, but I can still. Get a really good burger. I understand. Like on, a, like on a fresh bun, like with some good fries. Yeah. Like maybe if you're feeling like real fancy, a little milkshake, just like a small <laughs> one. Maybe throw some Baileys in there. You know, okay. I don't know. Just like, All right. they, they, like that. Uh, there, there have been like three times in my entire life where things have gone horribly to a personal level where food was no longer at least a small comfort. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. That's a pretty good, like, uptime rate Absolutely. For, for food as a, a source of happiness. Yeah. No, I, I remember a particularly uh, a bad time where things were not going my way uh, romantically the way mm. I wanted uh, with yeah. the person I was uh, dating. And uh, I was living alone, and I had, like, a frozen cherry pie that somebody had gave me, and I can't cook and i especially couldn't then and i just i burnt the shit of that cherry pie <laughs> and i remember sitting in my home thinking this should be depressing i'm alone eating a totally burnt cherry pie but you know what it's cherry pie and it's i'm very happy good. right now it's pretty good <laughs> within my misery this burnt cherry pie is a high point <laughs> that's a great answer for happiness uh thank you so much for doing the podcast yeah thanks for having me it was fun absolutely i learned a lot which i really like doing <laughs> on the podcast Thank you guys for listening. That is our podcast.
You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Brap. <laughs> yeah. Brap.